Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Agent Chat Live. Agent Chat Live is a spinoff of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about both shows, go to pubtalk.live. Thank you so much to my Patreon podcast supporters, Brenda Drake, Jay Lynn, and Reframe. Hello, everyone. Thank you for uh, joining us tonight. I know there's a lot going on tonight, so I'm glad um, that you're able to join us. And if you're watching the replay, thank you for um, watching the replay. So tonight um, we have Agent Chat Live with Megan Manzano. Uh, Megan is a marketing manager for Trade Books and an agent at DeForio Literary. She is on the hunt for middle grade and young adult stories that burrow into her mind and don't let go. She loves stories with a strong voice, unforgettable characters, and a plot that keeps her flipping from page to page, eager to find out what's next. So please welcome Megan. Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. And like Sarah said, if you are joining us, um, very exciting because I know there is so much going on. Um, but I'm very excited to be here and talking with everybody and just doing something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when we scheduled this, I don't think we realized like what kind of day it would be so no not at all it was definitely like oh yeah the seventh looks good on my calendar yeah (laughs) yeah um so hey lodestar and jay i think is with lodestar so they sent me a picture of uh their screen when they were waiting for it to come on um hey heather and oh jay and lodestar saying hi to you um, so for anyone who hasn't seen the show before, Pubbers is kind of, um, the, the, the fandom name that my regular viewers gave themselves yeah. for, cause my show is called Pub Talk Live. So, mm-hmm. um, Hey Kristen. Hey Tamara. Glad you could join us tomorrow. Hello tonight. everybody. This is exciting. What time is it in Australia tomorrow? It's like eight in the morning, nine in the morning, something like that. Um, all right. So. Um, for anyone who hasn't watched the show before and also for Megan, my goal here is to kind of help potential clients get to know agents a little bit better. Um, viewers are welcome to drop questions in the comments. We may get to some of them, but I did want to start off, um, saying that I, we won't really be any asking any questions that like a Google search can answer or, um, things like word count, genre definition, stuff like that. Um, and we like to focus on like getting to you, know you versus, you know, like query advice and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we also won't be asking what I like to call pre-query. So I'm just putting that out right ahead of time. So if you, if you ask in the comments, we won't be asking those. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, it's, it's noon in Australia. Okay, cool. Hey, Heather. Oh, BK. Hello, BK. Glad you can join us Hello. in Ebony. A lot of people here tonight. Thank y'all. I for know. Coming I'm out. surprised. That there's definitely more <laughs> than I thought. Um, yeah. All right. So I know Biden's speech just ended. I didn't get to watch it, but I will watch it later. I have it. It, it. was good. It was good. Yeah. I was. I heard. I was like, I need to like wipe my tears and hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, we're gonna start with a softball question. So um, I'll get a little warmed up, you know. Uh, and I talked a little bit about it, but what categories and genres do you represent? What go into like as much detail as you like? Sure. Um, so I represent middle grade and young adult, as well as like the YA crossover space. So basically, if it's like technically YA but could also fall into an adult market, um, I really kind of take a little bit of everything in the sense that. Um, I really like contemporary stuff, um, 
lighter, shorter books are great. Rom-coms, um, definitely things that I'm so interested in right now. Um, I like thrillers. I really like um, quieter books or kind of things that are more personal um, and kind of involve more like character stakes and like smaller conflicts. Um, I really like lighter fantasy or contemporary fantasy, not so much super heavy fantasy, um, but lighter fantasy and contemporary fantasy is really great. Um, or even just like everyday societies, like a little bit of magic, like really into that. Um, what other, I'm like blanking on other genres that exist. Um, but yeah, I'm basically kind of like a little bit of everything. Um, I'm really big on the voice, like character voice is probably like the number one thing that really hooks me into something. Um, but yeah, if you, any stories, especially in like middle grade about like identity or like first crushes or like uh, things like that, I really love. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I also like darker stuff too. Like a lot, like most of my list is darker stuff despite saying like, I want feel good stuff, but that doesn't always happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of a little bit all over the place. Cool. All right. Um, so why, and I guess also how did you get into agenting? Um, yeah, that's like a really kind of like funny story because I didn't know for a very long time that agenting existed. Um, I like many people who, um, do get an English degree or like think about publishing. They're like, I'm gonna go to a publisher and I'm gonna edit books and it's gonna be great. Um, and that's like just a very shorthanded, not quite factual representation of the industry at all. Um, but that was my representation. And I was like, that sounds great, I'm gonna do it. Um, but I didn't actually start, I mean, I had like internships in fiction publishing, but I didn't, my first job was actually a nonfiction, like my first full-time job. Um, but what happened was I was so one of, an agent um, in my area was doing like in-person sessions to like talk about agenting. And I was like, well, I like don't really have anything else to do. It's like not too far from where I am. Like, let me just go. Cause like, I don't know, like that sounds cool. Um, and like everything they said just kind of like ticked on the boxes of things that I wanted to do long-term. And I was like, oh wow, I should like pursue agenting. Like, like let's figure this out. Um, and I was able to get like a remote internship for agent day where I was able to like learn stuff. Um, but it was a very like long winded path. Um, and it took a couple of years for me to decide that I wanted to do that because my initial plan was just work for a publisher and then tour assistant and like work my way up. But instead being an agent shifted my entire gear, um, which is why I do like marketing for my day job. And then agent thing is like where my editorial passion is. All right, cool. Um, I guess let's start had a, uh, a clarification question on your, your genre classifications. He asked, is Twilight a good modern contemporary rom-com with light fantasy vibe? Definitely not. Um, mm. Twilight is, first of all, I think it's technically considered like, ur not urban fantasy, but yeah. it is like, it's in like that weird realm of, I would probably say like contemporary fantasy to an extent, but it's more like a supernatural realm. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally am not a huge fan of Twilight, so wouldn't be for me personally, but um, yeah, that's just my preference. Um, all right. And I, I don't, I guess it's been a long time since I read it, but I don't remember it being particularly funny. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think a lot of people call things rom-com mm -hmm. and forget the com part of it. <laughs> yeah. Rom like rom-coms have a very specific formula like yeah. they're predictable but in like a feel-good way like they love it <laughs> yeah so do I like it's great there's like you know the meetup you build up the romance there's some kind of like 
conflict that makes them break up or apart and then it ends you know they get back together they have the happily ever after there's some hijinks along the way like it's very <laughs> formulaic yeah um all right so i have a preface to this question because mm-hmm. i feel like when i ask this question straight up people are like too humble mm-hmm. um <laughs> so basically i'm going to give you a chance to brag about yourself <laughs> and i want you to take full advantage of it okay okay i'll try <laughs> So if someone is thinking about querying you and your wish list lines up with their work, um, why why should they? Why why would you be a good agent for them? Um, I have a lot of time on my hands and I say that in like the best way because okay, like so if they're a they're like every agent has a different level of time. Um and the more established an agent is, like the le- not the less time that they'll have with your work, but they definitely kind of look for things that are kind of almost ready or like all ready to go because that takes out a lot of like editing time and management. Um, I do not have those same kind of like expectations. Um, I have a lot of, I'm a very like individual isolated person. So I have a lot of time in my hands and I like, I'm willing to kind of like work with you um, on an editorial perspective in a much deeper way than like other agents might do. Um, that's definitely one thing I have Gary in my favor. I'm also just a very excitable and passionate person. And if I love your work, I'm literally gonna go to the edge of the earth to do something for it. Um, and you can ask my clients, I'm like one of those people who are in your DMs, like this is a screen, here's a screenshot of your work. This is fantastic. You should like put that on a wall somewhere. Um, and um, you know, I, I remember like I had one offer call where someone is like, are you a chill agent? Or are you the agent who's like sending memes to your clients? And I'm definitely <laughs> that one. Um, so like, basically, like, kind of like all my relationships, like, you know, everyone's gonna be a little different. And like, because like an agent author relationship is a business relationship, but I don't want it to necessarily feel very rigid or like, stoic in any way. So I kind of take pride in like, my time management and my communication and being very passionate about the things that I love. Awesome. Um, so uh, for people who support the my Patreon at $5 or more, they can submit questions ahead of time. Um, and so we have a couple of questions from them. Um, Lodestar had asked, what are some of your favorite things to binge watch? Oh, um, okay. Well, I really liked The Queen's Gambit, which just came out on Netflix. Um, it was like, okay, so I grew up playing chess with my dad. Nothing nowhere near like this, but I, I always found it a little fascinating. Um, in this show, I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I really like watching a show about chess. But no, it was amazing. You should absolutely watch that. Um, devoured it. Great, like, one sitting kind of thing. Um, I binge watched, like, one day at a time. Super funny, super oh, light. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. in my heart is warm and fuzzy about it. Um, I've also binge watched Book of the Nine-Nine, but that was, like, I, I, like, got super addicted to that. Um, what else do I binge watch? Oh, God. Um, Euphoria on HBO is really good. A much darker mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. But, like it's kind of like a teen show turned up, which is like exactly things that I enjoy. Um, oh God. What else do I binge? Those are like my things that are off my head right now. Yes. Queen's Gambit's so good. That's right. It's so good. Oh my God. The <laughs> ending like warmed my heart. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Fantastic. Um, I'm still like thinking about it, but yeah. Um, those are like the top ones off my head, but I know I have like a whole rack of shows that I've like binge watched mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, I I've been talking about it on Twitter a little bit, but I am watching um, Veronica Mars for the first time. I never oh, watched it. Okay. <laughs> I've never actually watched that, but like I I've like seen all. I know when it was like coming yeah. out and all that stuff. But yeah, a lot of people are going back to the old sitcoms, which I respect because I 
I've, I've done that too. I'm like, quarantine has given me time. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we have a question from Patreon supporter Lo- uh, J- Jalen. Sorry, I looked back up. What non-fantasy YA or middle grade books would you recommend to someone who primarily reads fantasy? Oh, that's like a good one. Um, I know, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. Um, if you're like really into contemporary, kind of like the lighter stuff, I very much recommend like any book by like Julian Winters. Um, they're like very feel good, easy to read, happy books. Like they're like my happy place books. Um, I would also recommend, um, okay, so like this is technically still in some fantasy realm, but it's more magical realism, which has like, you know, roots from Latinx. Um, anything by Adam Marie McLemore, they're amazing. And I feel like they're a good gap between like, heavy fantasy and contemporary fantasy because it's like everyday society but it's different and there's some kind of like lore or story that's told in really amazing stuff um what have i read i'm thinking middle grade oh um well i guess it's still fantasy but not, i mean the rick riordan presents books like there's mm-hmm. still like fantasy but there's i feel like there are different levels because some of them are definitely heavier on lore than other ones um i'm thinking of like what books have i read recently in my brain's like I don't know. You just throw them all out when you're done. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh man, why am I like blanking on this? Um, hmm. Not I feel fantasy. like, like if I were to recommend a non-fantasy book to a fantasy reader, it would probably be, um, like for YA or middle grade, like mm-hmm. a thriller or like um. That's true. Yeah. Um, what is that series? Oh my goodness, I can't remember where she belongs to a crime family. And it's like from a while back. Oh, I can't remember the titles right now. Um, they're like art thieves and stuff. I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I cannot remember this. Um, but a thriller that I did think of was um, uh, Sadie by Courtney Summers. Mm-hmm. That's like a really mm-hmm. good, it also plays with format a lot because yeah. it has like news reports and like different forms of media that also tell the story, which is like a really good thriller. Um, but yeah, I, I could like literally just send you a picture of my bookshelf. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I will, I will remember these books. I, I know everyone knows them. Um, anyway. <laughs> oh, so Lothar did a little bit of research. And so he had another question for you. Okay. Um, who best represents you in one day at a time? Oh, I'm Elena. Like so hardcore. I have like her anxiety. I have her enthusiasm and passion for a lot of things i have her awkwardness like especially like the episode where she's asking out sid or trying to figure out if like sid is like or like trying to figure out that danny who she likes is gay um whole mess exactly what i'd be like um but yeah i'm definitely elena no doubt like (laughs) my my partner and i we were watching one day at a time he would like turn around and look at me and just be like that's you so yeah it's elena (laughs) that's funny um, so I did a quick Google search while you were talking and mm-hmm. it's Allie Carter's books is what I was trying oh, to think of. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you always remember it when you're not yeah. thinking about it. Um, but yeah, because I, I feel like for a fantasy reader, it has kind of like that, that like separation from the real world and the, mm-hmm. you know, the fast pace and plot and everything. So yeah, it'll get you, it might get you like hooked in a different kind of way than yeah. that might um yeah okay so we had a couple questions in the comments let me see let me scroll back up um oh yeah tamara had this question and matt had a 
um, a really interesting answer. So I hope I want to ask it again because it, okay. it, it worked out all last time. If you could work with one author already published, who would it be? Oh, man. That's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think my answer would probably still be Anna Marie McLemore. Like, mm. there is a kind of charm and beauty to their books that I've never quite found anywhere else. Um, so I would just love to, like, every time I read their books, I feel like I'm transported to this place of, like, familiarity and wonder all at the same time and, like, openness. Um, so that would be great. Um, yeah, that's probably, like, my, one of my top answers. But it's also so intimidating because it's just, like, you know, you're like brilliant. Like, do I deserve that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I have another question that requires a preface. I have too many questions that require preface. That's fine. Go for it. It's okay. <laughs> um, so a lot of times when a question like this is answered, it's like if you had a magic wand or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to get like a little bit more realistic. So like okay. realistically if you had the ability, like say you didn't have a magic wand, but you're like the CEO of Simon & Schuster, mm -hmm. um, what would you change about the industry? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, realistically, God. well, part of me would want to be like, let's not give Simon & Schuster to Random House because then we're creating a monopoly of publishing that is already very narrow and i feel like i'd have some immediate control because i can decide who we do business with um but like as a separate like within company issue to actually like um create some kind of at least team or plan to um diversify publishing and actually support people um people of color um instead of them either being hired as like interns or, um, you know, editorial assistants, and then there's no retention plan or no good pay, etc. Um, so those would be probably like my top two options. Not that either of those are very easy. I feel like the not selling to Random House would be like more immediate. Um, but my more long term decision would want to be the second one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember on Pump Talk Live, we talked about uh, there's like, three different companies that want to buy Simon and Schuster yeah. and they all already own one of mm -hmm. the big five publishers. So. Yep. Not looking hot. <laughs> I'm just like, this makes my job so much more stressful because it, it really like, it, I mean, a lot makes a lot of agents very nervous about like what will happen in terms of submission guidelines. If the one publishing house absorbs another publishing house. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So switching gears a little bit. If you sign a client, um, what can they expect after that? What kind of what does your process normally look like? What kind of communication style do you have? You talked about it a little bit, but yeah. Um. So I'm a very communicative person. Um. I never want my clients to feel like they don't know anything that's happening. So basically, like I share everything unless they tell me they don't want to know it for whatever reason. Um, so my clients do control the communication um, because some people, you know, don't want to know everything about sub. Some people do. Some people like have, you know, certain thresholds for their own mental health that they like don't want, which is totally fine. Um, but in terms of signing with me afterwards, so um, normally almost every single book that I've signed involves some kind of edits that need to happen. So developmental edits are always like step number one, where we have a call and we talk about everything that needs to be done. Um, then once all those are done, 
Um, I have training in like line editing and proofreading. So that also happens from my perspective because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So it has to be like the best draft that I can make it before it goes on some. Um, and then once all that happens, um, it's your pitch letter, your synopsis, your sub list, all kind of wrapped in there. And then we go on sub, um, which is, which is, this is a very simplified version of how that works. But um, <laughs> that's kind of like my next step that I always outline um, when people ask like, well, what happens if I sign with you? Because it's pretty much like straight into edits. Um, and, you know, I always will tell you like how much or how little I think you need and why. Um, and I always do edit letters, which are like, um, what I think is working about your book, what needs work and like suggestions to move forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, Jay has a very important question. Okay. <laughs> so some of the regulars on the show have been encouraging me to do a spinoff, another spinoff called mm-hmm. Pizza Talk Live, mm-hmm. where I, I go and get pizza with someone and interview them. <laughs> oh my God, dude, find me up. I know, right? Um, so Jay asks, if Sarah were to make Pizza Talk Live, mm-hmm. what kind of pizza would you want featured on the show? <laughs> so like kind of like what are my toppings that I enjoy? Well, I guess that and also like location because we would have to go mm. somewhere, right? Um, well, New York pizza is the best. And mm. that's kind of my only opinion I have on that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, pizza in other places is like I have, I have pizza in other places that are fine, but I'm very like biased towards New York pizza. Um, in terms of what pizza I really enjoy, I really enjoy margarita pizza. Um, mm. That's probably like number one for me. Um, with chicken on top, like grilled chicken makes it really mm. great. Um, in terms of just like traditional pizza, I really like sausage pizza <clears throat> or like chicken and broccoli pizza, um, which some people groan at me when I say chicken and broccoli, it's good, <laughs> so not to be quiet. Um, but yeah, those are like my top choices. Cool. Um, I don't eat chicken, so. <laughs> there, there are, we can get veggies, it's fine. I'm, I'm not, I eat pretty much anything on top of pizza aside from like pineapple. That's great. I love it. Sorry. <laughs> I eat pineapple on pizza, but okay. Well, we can, I we should can start. I should start putting that in the quick round questions. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> no for me. <laughs> Will be the first one. Um, all right. So the speaking of the quick round questions are coming up. Oh, okay. Um, so just I have five questions. Just answer them basically as quickly as you can. Okay. And oh, Jay shares your love of chicken and broccoli pizza. It's so, so good. I like. My sister-in-law introduced it to me when she first suggested it. I was like, mm, I don't think so. But we tried it and I've loved it ever since. So. <laughs> um, we can have pizza anytime. Oh, Ebony, do you live near there? Okay. Um, anyway, back to quick round. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I first was like coming up with the idea for this, yeah. it's a spinoff of like my regular show. Um, I had, I needed some help like coming up with kind of what to call it right mm-hmm. um and lodestar actually i think it was suggested snack time with an agent Ooh. which i really liked because mm-hmm. i felt like it like um it fit the vibe that i wanted kind of like casual chat um but i also was afraid that it would uh imply that it was for like kidlit only you know mm-hmm. yeah so this is what survives of that suggestion is the first okay. question in the quick round. All right. What is your favorite snack? Oh, uh, chips, I think. Like like sour cream and onion chips. You know, it's funny. That's what Matt said last <laughs> the last episode. Um, what is your preferred caffeine source? Oh, coffee. Hands down. Coffee. 
Yeah, me too. Um, what word or is there any word that you irrationally hate? Uh, oh, uh, I mean, kind of like somewhat of a dislike for the word moist, but I think it's because it's like a collective, like hate yeah. or dislike. Um, but like, that's kind of like, what the, that's like the first one that always comes to my head. <laughs> um, I feel like that's like a lot of people is cause that's, that is the, the idea of a word that everyone hates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what person do you most want to read a memoir from? Oh, um, that's a really interesting question. I don't know if I ever considered if I want someone to. Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> that's a really good question. I've like never thought about this. Um, I'm going to pass that one because otherwise I'm going to stand here. I mean, I'm sit here and stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, who's your favorite superhero? Oh, uh, oh boy. Uh, Spider-Man, hands down. <laughs> hands down. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm like, I had an answer and then it left. I'm like, wait, no, there is yeah. one answer. <laughs> um, people are arguing the merits of pineapple on pizza. In the, uh, it um, always gets brought up. You bring up pineapple and everyone starts fighting. Yeah, it's, it's, well, also the tea brigade has shown up. So they make fun ah. of me because I don't like tea. So, okay. Maybe I will, I will, so I don't have the tea brigade after me. I also very much enjoy tea. I just feel like, <laughs> My high school, college self was very in, like addicted to coffee, and I got mm-hmm. into switching to tea. I got into matcha, which got me more into tea mm-hmm. as an overall whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, I said that we weren't going to talk about query letters too much, but this is the one query letter question I have. Okay. Um, what is your single best query letter tip? Oh boy, what is my single best query tip? Um. I really think like launching directly into like the character and what they want and like basically giving us a reason like why we care is like the best thing Uh, because if there's like too much lead up or you're talking like too much about um, yourself or like why you wrote this book because it like unfortunately happens um, you just kind of lose that immediate interest and like when agents are reading queries like you want to hook as fast as possible. so really just like get right into it. Like just don't like don't be afraid to do it. I've like I've heard people say that like you could put like the metadata on the top and then go into the query. I personally like when it's on the bottom because I feel like for me, like my brain it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's just kind of it. Like just go straight for like who your characters are and like what we need to care about and it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because it's one of those things that like some agents prefer the metadata on top yeah. some agents prefer on the bottom and people are like what am I supposed to do and it's like well if you know do it the way the agent prefers but yeah. if you don't know it doesn't matter that much just for me like it doesn't matter just, yeah. just for everyone watching it really doesn't matter to me um, it's just like if I were writing a query letter my brain order would put the metadata at the bottom but everyone has a different preference yeah um, all right here's a good question get you thinking okay. <laughs> what is a good literary name for a cat or a dog a literary name um oh man um, 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 um. Uh, i'm trying to think of like a really pre- like pretentious name in literature uh, because <laughs> you see what it is like i think a cat named like fitzgerald would be really cool oh, after yeah. like oscar Scott fitzgerald um, like I named my dog after like one of the dire wolves from Game of Thrones. Um, so like that's a thing. But yeah, I think just take a really pretentious author name, like even like Hemingway. And you know, 
Um, although I feel I feel like Hemingway Sully is more a cat or like a really yeah. cool lizard. Like I'd be down <laughs> for that. Hemingway is a cool lizard. Right? I mean, like it's like a big yeah. one. I, I would I would see it. That sounds good. Um, Jay has a question in the comments. Oh, I think I skipped one. Sorry. Do you like audiobooks? I don't. Um, and it's no no knock against audiobooks. I think they're great and very helpful. Um, I cannot focus on them for the life of me. Um, I'm a, and I I'm a very like so when I read for pleasure, it has to be a hard copy of a book because a lot of stuff that I do for agenting is on a computer. Um, so I've never been able to get an audiobook. So I feel like the minute I put headphones on, my brain's like, this is fun time. Um, and I cannot focus on audiobooks. So I cannot answer the second part of your question. <laughs> um, we talk a lot about audiobooks on my show. So um, probably they're going to start asking what speed they listen to because <laughs> we have that conversation. It feels like almost every time. Um, where, uh, okay. What involvement does an agent have in the audiobook process? Um, depends actually. So, um, sometimes when an agent makes a deal with a publisher, audiobook rights are handled by the publisher, um, because some publishers have their own sources and own arrangements. Um, some agencies can negotiate that, but it, it, it really is a whole like song and dance depending on like what the agency has and what the publisher has. Um, so if an agency has the audio rights, they can then shop it around in a similar way that they would shop a book around, um, except there are usually agency contacts um, that they are familiar with that they would then pitch the book to in order to sell it through audio rights. Um, so to answer the question, um, it depends because either they can have a good amount of control or it's kind of up to the publisher to sell those rights. So 50-50. That's like a long running joke on this show is like the answer to almost every publishing question is it depends. <laughs> it, it, it is because sometimes it's like uh, an individual's preference. Sometimes it's like the industry. Yeah. Everything in publishing. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would love to have more concrete answers for all of you, but I tend to not. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> see audiobook speed conversation is happening um what is your (laughs) i listen my preferred speed everyone knows this i think everyone in the comments anyway is 1.8 um but sometimes i'll listen faster if it's like really slow sometimes i'll listen slower if it's like a really dense book or not a professional narrator because they tend to speak faster if they're not professional narrators yeah so i have strong opinions on audiobooks pacing (laughs) um all right uh what is your favorite thing about being a literary agent i really love um like close communication and contact with an author um i think it's a very kind of unique amazing thing to like work with someone for a very long time and like not only like build their story and their work better but like see them grow as well Um, like I have, I don't have a ton of clients and I haven't had them for like a very long time, but just for like the clients that I've had for like a year now, I've seen how much like their books have changed. Um, just from even like the, the book I signed them with and it's really amazing. Um, and I'm always just very excited to like work with them ideally, like very long term and see how they grow and adapt as they go on. So it's a very like sappy thing, but I feel very emotional (laughs) over like my clients and their work. (laughs) Well, it's good. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So last question, unless we have any comments and then any questions in the comments. Um, what are the last couple of books that you read that you really enjoyed? I guess that you can talk about because like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up my Goodreads account right now because otherwise I'm literally going to stare at you. I likely. do that too. It's fine. <laughs> um, so let me just do that because then I'm going to remember the books that I actually read. Um, okay. <laughs> So I read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab, which is amazing. Mm. It has one of the best endings. Um, best endings in the sense that your heart's going to fall on the floor. Um, <laughs> I read Surrender Your Sons by Adam Sass, which is mm. a very difficult book in terms of content, but is amazing overall and has a really important message about um, being queer and conversion therapy. So absolutely read that. Um, I really enjoyed... Oh, um... Today, Tonight, Tomorrow by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Yes, another good author to highly recommend. Always contemporary, always kind of like some romantic element. And they're like feel good, but also talk about like really important teen issues as well, but like in a really great conversational way. Um, and what else do I have in here? Um, Oh, I can also like plug my client's book that's sold because it is a middle grade book called The Art of Running Away about this girl who um, is trying to save her family's art shop from bankruptcy. So she reconnects with her estranged brother and it's in London and it's cool and it's really, really good stuff. Um, so that is a book that I read recently that I very much enjoyed. <laughs> but those are like, those are my, let me see what else I have on here. I'll give one more. Um, Oh yeah, I read Sky Hunter by Marie Lu, and that was a really awesome, like dystopian book. And I'm so happy because mm -hmm. we need, like, I want dystopian or just science fiction to come back around so well. And yeah. that was like the sci-fi fix that I needed. All right. Um, let's start asking questions. Really funny because mm -hmm. I am actually like literally right now in the middle of watching Descendants two. <laughs> like I, I came over to my sister's house early and started watching it, and mm -hmm. then I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> Um, uh, so are uh, you a fan of Descendants? <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, oh, to be honest, um, it fell in this like weird time of like when I was in college. Cause I think the first mm. one came out in like 2015 or something, and I was very busy and kind of stepped away from like children's stuff and even like musicals and sitcoms. Um, like I recently got back into all that. Um, so it just felt a very awkward time. Like I to sh to just like share that it's not just this movie. I watched like Frozen one for the first time last year. No, this year. Mm. I got Disney oh. Plus. So wow. yeah, I, I was behind. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm catching up. Um, but no, so I have no opinion on it. But I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I actually just watched the first one like two weeks ago, so I can't <laughs> judge Plus, you. At man. All. Plus. Yeah, I don't have Disney Plus, but my sister does. So when I, I came over, I was babysitting for her, and mm. I was like. I want to watch this. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So that is pretty much it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Megan. Um, Megan's website and Twitter handle and some other things are in the description. Um, if you want to go check her out on social media. Um, also, you can support the show and the multiple shows, whatever. I don't know. I feel like I do a lot too much stuff. <laughs> Patreon.com slash pub talk live. Um, thank you so much to my Patreon supporters. And so glad to have y'all here. Have you watched zombies? No, I don't. I don't do zombies. Is it scary? It's probably not scary, right? I love, I love zombies, but I don't. I don't know if is that it's like a, a show. It's a Disney show, I oh, think. Disney show. Okay, got yeah. you. Okay, haven't seen that one, but I do. It's love probably them. not scary. 
Yeah, if it's on Disney, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, we'll talk about it later, Jay. Definitely. <laughs> Let's start. All right. Um. Yeah, Megan. Thank you for joining me tonight. And um, everyone, stay safe. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you next time. Oh, on Saturday. Next Saturday is Pub Talk Live with Michael Bame and Dan Cobalt are going to be my guests next week. And um, so hopefully we'll see you there. And we're doing the Wednesday write-ins as well as eight, at 8 p.m. Eastern every day. So you can come join us and write with us. Um, okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>